Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Amanda Neely. Thanks for being on the show, Amanda. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Great to be here. Amanda is a small business and financial professional. She works with business owners to develop personalized financial strategies and profitability strategies for businesses. Her goal is to work with people to take charge of their cash flow, leverage their assets, and increase their profitability. I mean, how many of us don't want that? You know, it sounds so good, Amanda. And uh, however, most of us don't really think through those things much. I, f- I find like before we start a business or even after, we're just kind of keep pushing forward and we're not really planning much all the time. And so looking forward to just leaning on your expertise a little bit, asking questions about this, but get us started a little bit, maybe give us a little background about yourself and, and then let's just jump into you know, what you do for people, how you're helping them with these financial plans and how you can help us as investors. Yeah. So it took me a long time to find my passion and what I was really good at. I went to a liberal arts college because I was like, I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up still. Now that I look back, I see all kinds of pointers to, you know, I was one of those nerdy kids that had a planner when I was like eight, right? And was like sitting down every week to plan out my week and, you know, things. And then when I was a teenager, I sat down with my mom and helped her get out of credit card debt. My mom and dad were fighting too much about money. And I was like, we got to stop this. So I made her figure that out. We'd sit down every month, pay our bills together. And we had a plan to do that. When I got out of college, my first job, I just happened to land into a position as an assistant to a grant writer and found I loved grant writing. It was with a nonprofit and the whole process of developing the proposal that we'd send to the foundation to give that grant and then planning the, the, how we would use that money if we were to get it was just amazing. And then that directly translated into writing my first business plan when I was 24, seeing that plan become reality. We owned a brick and mortar coffee shop for a number of years. And then the whole plan for how we sold that transition to our new role as financial professionals, where now I get to sit down with people and develop strategies, develop ways forward for them with their money and how it can help them actually reach their goals and dreams. Nice. Well, no, it's so interesting to hear too, how people get from, you know, one path to another. And I know myself, it's just crazy when I look back and think about all the things that, you know, how I got to where we're at now. I guess expose a little bit to us some common things that in real estate investors, you know, problems that they have when they come to you and say, Amanda, you know, here's what I have going on. And it's, uh, you know, things that maybe we don't normally see. Maybe you could highlight some of those things that we know the listeners are, and myself are probably dealing with, or, or maybe don't even know yet that we should have in mind. And, and let's, we'll talk about them. Yeah. I work with a lot of different real estate investors from all different kinds of real estate investing. I love working with the syndication people though, for sure. The biggest thing that people come with, if they're just at the beginning, they have money in different places or they're trying to figure out where do they get the money to begin. And a big question they might have is, how do I do this without tying up all of my money, right? I still want to make sure I'm maintaining enough of an emergency fund that I'm, you know, being smart with my money this way, right? So how much should I put in? All those kind of questions we can talk through. 
And then when people are a little further in, the big question is, well, am I doing this right? Is this actually going to help me reach my goals and dreams, especially if they have a business idea and they're using the syndication or the real estate investing as the passive income so they can pursue that passion? They want to like, how soon can I actually pursue that passion? Like, what does that really look like? And we, we can then like map out the trajectory of where things are going from there. More times than not, you got to have some money invested into your business, into yourself, whether it's training, whether it's a mentor. I mean, there's so many things that you do have to have some capital from somewhere to invest in yourself, in your business, branding, even or starting a website. I mean, that's not free. Maybe you can do it yourself, but it's still, there's, there's some expenses. So, you know, you started with like, where do we get the money to begin? What are some common things there to help people think through? Well, maybe we have some money where we could start a business or maybe we should wait till we do. A big question is like, what should I do with qualified funds, right? Should I do a self-directed IRA? Should I go ahead and take that early withdrawal penalty? How do I leverage these funds? Should I keep contributing to those kinds of, you know, 401k or IRA, Roth or traditional, like all those kind of questions. And then also if somebody is going to look for a lender, right, maybe they're putting in a down payment and they want to work with a bank, right, to do the rest in that kind of real estate investing, or maybe a hard money lender, we talk about, well, how do you position your credit? How do you position your down payment so that it's easier to work with the banks or the hard money lenders so you're not like too overly leveraged, you know, and that kind of thing. And then also let's have a plan from the beginning, how you're going to actually make money, what the profit looks mm-hmm. like, what's your plan for what you're going to do with that profit and all of that kind of thing. A lot of people don't think about that. They're just like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this rate of return you know, or this ROI, but they don't think about what they're going to then do with it. And I love to talk about that too, kind of the begin with the end in mind idea. How are we going to make money, right? What's we have may have a business plan. We have a great website. We have we're helping people do whatever, but how are we getting paid? What are some I guess misconceptions about that, or do people typically know where you know how they're going to get paid? What, what does that look like? Yeah, a lot of people either they're planning just to take whatever profit they have and put it right back into the business, keep building that big portfolio, keep it growing um, without like really an exit plan in mind and without kind of rewarding themselves along the way. A big part of this concept that I love that I've been using for a while called profit first is that you should profit first from your business and that that can start day one. It doesn't have to wait until you sell the property or you exit. Maybe part of why I'm a big fan of syndication is you start getting the the return on your investment, not when the property sells, but throughout time. And then if you're going in with that kind of thing in mind, you know like, okay, well then I know I'm going to get this monthly check. What am I going to do with it? Should... Do I reinvest 100% of into the business? How much should I put aside for my longer term future and keep it out of real estate? You know, maybe have more of a diversified or maybe I want to wait until the market gets to such and so condition, right? Like maybe the real estate market has a bubble that bursts and I want to have a bunch of cash ready then. So I'm not ready to make another investment now. Where do I put that cash in the meantime? Those are some really great questions to be asking. The exit plan, right? You know, I remember like first property I bought in 2009. I never thought really about when I was going to sell the property. You know, I just thought, okay, this this has to make sense. And it, and it wasn't the best deal, however. But I, but looking back, you know, I, I learned the hard way that we didn't really think about 
when we were going to sell, how we were going to sell, when we were going to make money. I can really see that in, in myself, you know, things you're talking about right now. And, and even profiting first, if we don't have any capital coming in, we're really not earning any money from the investment yet. How, what does that look like to profit first? Part of that might be that even if there's no passive income yet, right? You just, you bought the home, it's sitting there, maybe it's still doing rehab. Maybe there's no passive income from a renter, you know, something like that. I think a good thing to be thinking about is whatever income you have, even if it's not from real estate, maybe it's a W-2 job or a different business, that you're at least keeping some aside for yourself from that too. Kind of in personal finance, it's the idea of save first rather than spend everything. That's a great way to make sure that you're profiting because if you're not saving, everything's being spent and that's going to everybody else, right? But to set aside something for yourself first, that's profit, right? That's something you get to keep for your medium long-term future or even just vacation next year or you know whatever it might be. And that can come from a W2 job or a business or whatever, but making sure that you're making that a priority because it's too easy to just give all your money to other people, whether it be the internal revenue service or vendors or coaches or the grocery store, the list is endless. Yeah. It's nice to see some reward right as you're going, if possible. And we, we do have to invest so much in back into the business, no doubt. But but like you said, you do need an emergency fund. You do need to reward yourself a little bit if possible. Um, but what about, you know, you, you talked about like, am I doing this right? You know, I, I'm sure people are much further into their business. Sometimes they may come to you and say, <laughs> I'm not seeing maybe what I expected or or not where I hoped I would be, you know, this far into it. You know, what does that conversation look like and how do you help them? Yeah, sometimes it's, I had this line of credit and now it's frozen, right? And there's some, some like freak out moments that happen with some people where they're, they realize they're not doing it right. But other people just want to check in and say, I just want to cover my basis, make sure I've thought of everything, get a second opinion, you know, things like that. And that's kind of, that's fun. What I found is that a lot of people in that conversation don't realize as much risk as they're taking. And when they come face to face with how much risk is really part of their portfolio, they want to take steps towards safety with at least a portion of their money, whether that looks like moving from 100% stock market to doing some real estate investing, right? Or if it means taking even some of the real estate investing money off the table and putting it into an even safer place, those kind of steps are often what come up just because people, they're seeking after growth. That's kind of a natural thing to do. You want that huge ROI. You're, You're putting money out there. We've been taught you have to speculate to accumulate no risk, no reward. But when you have these kinds of conversations where you're checking in with a financial professional saying, am I doing it right? A lot of people realize, oh, I'm taking more risk than I thought I was. I'm not comfortable with this. I need more safety in my portfolio. What does that typically look like to have more safety? Say we're mostly invested in real estate, like a lot of us probably, you know, listening are, you know, how do you direct that a little bit or or how much and where do we put it to that it's more safe? I'm a big fan of one of the other guests that's been on your show before that I'm sure your audience loves, Mark Willis. Great guy. Yeah, not your average financial podcast. I started working with him as a client seven years ago, and it's been amazing. So I'm a huge fan of the bank on yourself concept and using high cash value dividend paying whole life insurance as a way to have money that's safe, but growing, you know, 
predictably and also able to leverage when I'm, I want to. Actually, that's part of my future plan. Since I'm seven years in now, I've built up this nice cushion of money. I used a portion of it earlier this year to do a down payment on my, the home that I'm living in now where I'm recording. And I, I thought through a lot of these things that we were talking about, like, is this property rentable? What is my future sale value? I'm planning to live here for 30 years, but what if, right? And then when I think about real estate investing, I now can use that safe portfolio that I have within my bank on yourself policies to then go do some syndication and have my money growing for me in two ways at once. And if the syndication doesn't go well, which, you know, that's kind of a highly unlikely thing, but it's possible. I still know I've got that foundation to fall back on. Yeah. No, it's interesting you bring that up, the bank on yourself method. We've done a few shows about that. I encourage listeners to listen to some of those. It's one of those things that I know most are so skeptical of still. And I've learned, I've tried to learn a little more about about it personally as well. I thought maybe you could share a couple examples of people you've helped and and maybe the situation they were in and what you all did to increase profitability. It kind of depends on the business. So some businesses are really heavy in inventory and they'll have some inventory just sitting, right? And that's impacting their profitability because it sits there for too long. And so we talk about like how to move or how to manage the inventory purchasing. But for the majority of businesses, no matter what type, it's really the operating expenses that if you can revisit those, think creatively about ways to keep those in line and maybe even have a goal. I'm on, My operating expenses can only be 30% of my revenue. And then you figure out how to make your business work on that 30%. That can be a lot of fun and not feel like you're cutting back, but you're making strategic choices there. And then of course, always growing your top line like not your top line revenue, but your real revenue. So thinking about anything that's going to material subcontractors, right? That kind of comes off the top. Managing those things can really help. And then of course, if you're thinking about run my business on 30%, you also think about, well, every time I get paid, I'm going to give myself 5%, right? Or 10% or 15%. Like that's just going to go automatically to me before anything else. That can often give people, if that happens, you make it automatic. You have no choice but to run your business on what's left. How many do you find that just haven't budgeted? They don't know where their money's going. Oh, yeah. A lot, especially a lot of business owners because QuickBooks or, you know, whatever accounting software, the numbers are so hard to interpret. Accountants are so busy and speak a totally different language. So it's hard to know what's really going on. So I've come up with some different ways to like crunch the numbers and to show what's really going on. And then people will realize like, oh, that expense, I didn't even know that was happening. Right. Or I thought I was making more on this product than I am and all kinds of things like that end up coming when people know their numbers. Hmm. Uh, you know, people that are that are tracking these things the best, what tools are they using to typically do that? Once oh, yeah. you see that, really know where their money's going. Yeah, my favorite is called You Need a Budget or YNAB for short. Y-N-A-B, You Need a Budget. I run my personal finances, my business finances, my bank on yourself policies for medium and long-term savings all through different budgets within that tool. I've got a couple YouTube videos where I share about that. And I know lots of people that do the same thing. So I still keep my accounting software for my accountant, right? To run the taxes and stuff. But to really know my numbers, I also put it somewhere where I can interpret it and know what's happening. You could probably do it in a spreadsheet too, right? Or something like that. But 
particularly actually this profit first concept by Mike Michalowicz. He has a whole system of like different bank accounts that you can use that you don't even need any software or any spreadsheets. You just use the bank accounts to tell you how your business is really doing. Awesome. Yes, I actually have that in my wish list. I've not read that book yet, but I've I highly it. recommend it's also it's also on Audible. I love his Audible books because he'll like add things that are not in the book. Just a little tip. Okay. No, that's awesome. So this would be like in your you say YDB, the budgeting system. Is that Y N A B U Oh, I got it all messed up. A budget. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that I talk really be, fast. <laughs> that would be something like yeah, instead of something like QuickBooks. I still use like a QuickBooks or something like that to do the accounting part that my accountant needs because I know he's not going to be able to interpret YNAB for tax purposes. And then I just do YNAB separate. I keep it really simple. So it's really fast to do and update it when needed to see what my business is doing. Nice. Okay. Now I look forward to getting into that book. Tell me, you know, what do you see as the hardest part for syndicators that you work with in doing this and in becoming profitable and knowing where the money's going? Yeah, I think it's really deciding how much to put in because, you know, you've got a, a pretty stable ROI when you're doing syndication, right? You're, you don't have to worry about the active management of the funds. You're the expert. This is kind of how I understand it. But to figure out like, how much can I really put in? Can I go all in? Do I need to keep any off the table? That's probably the biggest question people have. And every individual has a unique answer to that. And it's really fun to like dig in and really discover, well, what are the ultimate goals? What are the ultimate dreams that you have this accomplishing for you beyond just an ROI? And then what does that mean for what you should do with your money then? Nice. No, I, I completely agree with that. There's things you just don't know till after you almost done it, you know, and, and I've heard this after I've done this for a while. I've learned from other operators as well that this is a common problem. Like, you know, we all want to invest in our deals, right? And we do. And I think it's very important so you can show an alignment of interest with investors and things like that. And you just want to create more passive income for yourself, right? However, it's a common issue or problem I found that in, that syndicators or operators will invest too much too early. And so, because you want to, right? You, you right. want to get this passive income started. However, to do the next deal, you need earnest money or you need liquidity and things like that. And so, you know, even recently, we closed two deals just in the last few weeks. And, you know, we didn't know that second deal was going to come up that fast. Yeah. And so, you know, my business partner and I, you know, we, as far as earnest money, liquidity, those things, first deal, fine. But guess what? That second deal comes up. Now, thankfully, we have a great team. We can still take care of that. But we may have planned a little different or not have invested as much in the earlier deal if we had planned that, hey, there may be another deal coming up pretty quick mm -hmm. as well. But the more I've talked about that, the more I've found people, hey, I had that problem too. Uh, do you have any daily habits that you are disciplined about that's, that's helped you achieve success? As you might expect, being a planner, I love not just the long-term planning, but the micro planning. So every Sunday, sitting down, mapping out the week, using a bullet journal, right? Limiting the, like my to-do list to two or three items per day in terms of like moving the business forward, having projects back office kind of things, and then tracking my activity in terms of like number of calls I made, number of podcast interviews I did, and having like set goals and then tracking my progress to that over like on a weekly slash daily basis. Yeah, documenting those things. I guess anything else in the mornings that you're like, oh, I've got to do this for my day to get going correctly. 
Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan of this guy named Perry Marshall and he calls it Renaissance time where every morning you read something that was written before the Gutenberg press and then you do some journaling afterward. So I, that's how I start my morning. This morning, it was some collected works of Plato that I'm reading through and then just journaled a little bit and try to do that every morning. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Planning, <laughs> thinking things through, not just <laughs> jumping in. Of course, eventually you've got to pull the trigger. And thankfully, my husband is more of the ready, fire, aim kind of person. I think we balance each other out really well that way. How do you like to give back? I love supporting some really awesome nonprofits that I'm a big fan of. Obviously, my faith community, but then also one of my favorites is called the Southern Poverty Law Center. They do some really good things to impact people that are experiencing poverty. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Amanda, giving back in that way. Appreciate you giving back to us today. I just think as operators, we need to know people like yourself to think through these things that you just don't know at all ever, really, but especially when you're getting started, right? And there's some key things that you can do, like speaking to someone like yourself, just helping you have some plans in place. It can go so far, you know, helping you over the first few years and many years later into your business. Grateful for you. Just sharing the things that you talked about. You said, where do we get the money to begin? You know, thinking through that emergency fund and not, not being over leveraged. And, you know, how do we plan to make money? Having that exit plan in place, rewarding yourself and uh, profit first. And am I doing this right? So grateful for your time. I hope the listeners will reach out to you, but tell them how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So I've actually got two podcasts, The Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, where we dive a little deeper, think about what grandma would say about our money from generations past. And then the Fife Movement podcast, Fife, F-I-F-E. It's about financial independence from a feminine and entrepreneurial perspective and kind of creating our unique path to financial independence, not just what the powers that be would tell us should be our path. Awesome. That's a wrap, Amanda. Thank you so much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.